0: 1520
1: beer 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 beer
0: do you like beer do you want to learn how to make your own beer it's time for just brew it brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew here's your host Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning welcome to Niagara Tradition our show just brew it and online nthomebrew.com. At NT Homebrew or tweet the show at NT Just Brew It. My name is Jeremy White, and with me is Bert Dyster. Good, Good morning. Well, we're back. Next Saturday, closed Independence closed, Day. Yeah. We're, we're we'll he- be here
1: on air, right? But
0: I'll be finding a nice place to drink afterwards. Yeah, so. right. Be outside, barbecue, whatever you got to do. It's one of my favorite holidays because there's very little involved. Your your, your responsibilities include. Doing what you want right right, nothing right independence day so happy fourth of july in advance uh so closed next saturday and sunday but uh open today so you can get to niagara tradition for any of your home brewing supplies lots to get to today in regards to with regards to uh spontaneous fermentation summer seasonals um yeast options our question of the week is going to be about pellet and grown hops but uh when it comes to hops for grown hops beginning to flower right we're yeah, seeing a now, lot of people in the area A lot of people
1: who have established plants are starting to flower now so you can start to see where your clusters of cones are going to end up um and they're really nice a little white maybe a little bit of yellow in their flower and so it's a nice time you know a lot of people time the cherry blossoms not a
0: lot of people time the hop blossoms right but it's now it's right around now every just about every year just about every year yeah now when it comes to harvesting the hops it's as easy as just plucking them right off
1: you got it, yeah. I mean, usually I just cut my twine down and harvest them right off my uh, driveway.
0: Sometimes they can be pretty big. You got it. For actually harvesting the hops, once you harvest the hop, I know it, obviously these are coming back every year. Is the plant staying up?
1: No, no, usually just cut down. The whole thing. Cut down the so whole it's thing, growing yeah. growing
0: from ground up every year.
1: You got it. And they grow like weeds. Yeah, and no, this is one of the reasons people love hops is because you can plant them, train them, they won't dig into your mortar or anything like that. And then if you didn't like the shape of them next year,
0: change it. Just move them. Yeah. All right. So hop candies. Tell me about hop candies. You guys have these in stock. You have some new ones. Yeah, I mean,
1: a new shipment. And, and um, we love the hop candies. And they're really great for somebody trying to decide what type of hop they want to use in their next beer. because I'm, you're I'm tempted getting...
0: every time I see them. And I just think... Uh, they are good.
1: Yeah, and they're not they're not just a novelty. They they're made by B Hoppy and a wonderful guy from Hop Union by the name of uh, Bob Barrow. Um and they're a really great product. Um they have a little bit of honey a little bit of sugar, but other than that you're getting like a clean profile, the finish hop kind of aroma and flavor. Um kids like them. Not just adults, not just beer lovers. They are good. Um, we have some new ones in Target, Zeus, Apollo, Nugget, Citra. We have our kind of old favorites, Cascade, Saz, and East Kent Golding. But again, if you're looking to kind of make your favorite IPA recipe and you want to change up the hops and you're a little nervous about changing it up because it's for say like, you know, barbecue or something like that, and you're going to serve it to people, try the hop candy first and you'll kind of know if you're going to like that hop or not.
0: Could it be used? And this is maybe very specific. Maybe you've got a wife or a girlfriend, and you love IPAs, and you love going out on tasting flights, and she doesn't, or vice versa. You you, you know you've got a husband who does just doesn't like the IPAs. Could hop candies be a way to kind of introduce someone kind of converts them over? Yes, to get yeah. someone's palate used to what what hops taste like, and maybe appreciate them.
1: Yeah, or maybe just too that not all you know uses of hops have to be resiny, sharp, and the hop candies really kind of highlight that um they're you know usually softer flavors and you can kind of see by the list of hops they're kind of you know softer you know a lot of your finishing varieties for pale ale and ipa as well as some classic world varieties um and it's really cool you really begin to see the differences the subtle differences between american sea hops or the you know major differences between say like the Saz and the zeus one will be like extremely piney the other one extremely uh, skunky
0: Mm. Very cool. Next time I'm in, I'm in, I'm getting, I'm getting the candies because, to me, I I don't, I don't think I have the most distinguish distinguishing nose. Like I open bags of hops, and I can smell small differences. I know the taste is going to be a lot different when it, once it gets to that for, that stage. But if I'm opening three, four bags of hops, I don't. And I, you know what, I, I say this about myself about like wine too. I, I can't really differentiate as well as some people can. I, I find that when it comes to s- smelling the aroma of hops. I wish I could do better, and these candies will help me that way.
1: Definitely, with a lot of people recognizing the different terroir of different ingredients is really a matter of how familiar you are with them, because the the differences are you know not just noticeable, but was in some cases you know, really stark. And um, yeah, these will help you become familiar with some of your uh, favorite hops, or kind of at least the general families that they come from.
0: All right. Something to look for in the store if you stop in uh, today or anytime this week. New hop candies in stock. Want to talk about today, spontaneous fermentation. Yep. That's what we went
1: for. We talked about it last week. We talked about making lambics, um, And we at the store decided to go with a spontaneous fermentation. So we uh, did both a... Uh, we did a single mash, took half the mash and let that spontaneously ferment on its own. Sparge the other half and let that begin a spontaneous fermentation. We don't know if we're going to blend them back in. We're treat- treating them as separate beers right now. Um, but it was really some great smells. It looks quite gross, but really some great smells off there. And even though all we did was rinse it with some water, completely different smells coming off the mash tun than coming off the, uh, the kettle.
0: When you, so when you say spontaneous fermentation, you just mean you're you're letting
1: you're letting the the bacteria and yeast naturally on the grain or in the air. In the case of the you're just taking a chance. Yeah. It's a roll I mean, of the dice. You get you got two got
0: different it. strains to take over two different
1: probably many different strains. Yeah. And with both of them, we're going to kind of hit the uh, you know we already have. Um, kind of hit the stop switch, so we've we've unleashed these beasts on our beer, and we're gonna wrangle them back in by boiling it. So any alcohol created now is not going to be utilized in the final product, but a lot of the flavors that they've created over the past couple days have. Mm. Now, if you want to try something kind of wild or funky at home, and and this is a question a lot of people asked us. They said, "Hey, you know, I've done tons of lambics. I've never." measured my pH. Do I need to be worried? And if you're doing a closed fermentation, so if you're brewing traditionally and then inoculating the beer with the known species, you don't have to worry about, you know, outside contamination. Um, And Y-East has offered um, three different new seasonals here for the summer. uh, And two of them especially will really, all of them really fit the, you know, kind of Belgian style, but two of them especially will kind of highlight, you know, those funkier flavors. And that's the Saison. Brett blend. So you have yeast from Cervases as well as the yeast from Bertanomyces. They have a beer Beardegard, which is going to be all Cervases. And then they have a farmhouse ale, which will again be kind of your traditional yeast, but a bit wilder than you're used to. So still retaining some of those wild properties of high attenuation, um, low flocculation, and uh, some really nice esters.
0: So when you're saying you're boiling it again, basically wherever you put this, if you wanted to do one of these at home, you 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 want bacteria in there, so yeah. you don't you're not worrying about you're not going to poison anybody because yeah.
1: well that's why you wanted to if you were, were harvesting wild you wanted to get below uh f- you know four point five we got just below four. Um, with our mash and we were happy with that.
0: right below is the band-aid stuff we talked about last or I'm okay. sorry above would we give the other, the other stuff? Oh well, no
1: the, uh, when you're above the 4.5 pH, you risk um, you know the primary one e. coli or right. there's many different e. coli but E e. coli um, you know, culturing in right. your beer. but keeping that low p- pH prevents that. Um, with our thing, again, we're pasteurizing it. Not because we're worried about the cultures, but just because we're worried about our equipment right. um, and spreading these bacteria and funguses to our beers down the road.
0: So you say looks gross, smells good. What will it look like? How do you know that you've got it right? It'll look gross, and what does that mean?
1: Well, I tweeted a picture this week, and I'll kind of retweet another one on the store. Just Brew It account yeah, of the NT? I will from the NT Just Brew It this uh, after the show here. Um With ours, I mean, it's always going to be a little bit different um, and – it kind of, this is what, I, you know, what we saw this week was kind of what I've normally seen, which is something they call a like floor, which you really associate with more with wine, uh, barrel aged wine, which is uh, a yeast that forms like a pellicle, uh white pellicle. And if you've ever had your airlock fall off on your secondary, you might've seen a floor. Uh, we tell people all the time, I'll try to remove it with a, you know, a tablespoon and try to, you know just rack from underneath it and you know it's actually a, a yeast and um, that's what we've kind of seen dominant in ours as well as some of the foam coming up has also had a uh, slimy consistency and that's often um, due to the protein created by bacteria um, so that's either pediococcus or lactobacillus or acetobacter, hopefully not acetylbacter uh, growing in there as well.
0: I think I ran into the Pellicles one time. The, uh, that one time I was dry hopping with the uh, the nibs for, for the chocolate, mm-hmm. and that started to form a film on the top. It kind of looked a little bit like a spider web almost, like it was, yeah. like, like cotton got in there. And that, that'll produce off flavors for you, if you right, if, if, if it sits in your beer for too long? Well, in your beer, off flavors, in our Belgian beer. Right. Those are the flavors That's we're going want, for. Right. So, yeah, it's all a matter right. of a Mine opinion. Jeez, uh, I don't remember what it was. And, but it was definitely off flavors in my case. Yeah. Okay, usually, so. usually the pellicles
1: towards the end of the fermentation won't produce much. There's just not much nutrients there for them to consume, so you don't get a lot of flavor in the beer.
0: So looks gross, smells good, and then these summer seasonal yeasts, the ones you mentioned are ones that will, like this is, the Alambic seems like a process process that's going to give you so many more flavors than really most beer varieties. You got it. And, and they're really multidimensional. So not only do
1: you have unique ingredients as far as like, you know, toasted malts and stuff going into them, um, but you have unique yeast. And then you have this whole other array of microbes that give each beer, you know, its own, you know, special flavor. And this is why Belgian breweries are so protective of the cultures. And a lot of breweries now, um, sterile filter the beer and bottle it with champagne used to kind of protect their strains.
0: So if you're a home brewer doing this, this is not the kind of thing that you can probably hit over and over again. You're going to have a batch and that's your batch.
1: Yeah, that's your batch. I've had some customers have some great luck. Um, I've saved the cultures. I've never reused them. I have to be honest about that Um, but we've had a lot of customers uh, take these spontaneous fermentations and save them in a yeast starter just like you would if you had purchased you know like a seasonal pack of Y yeast and you want to hold on to it and so that is an option but don't expect the exact same flavor consistency each time because that's one of the things that you know modern yeast were bred for was particularly consistency.
0: Y yeast experimental? Strains as well, Mount Hood Ale, Mount Adams, and Mount St. Helens Lager. What are these? These are some experimental strains dropped off by um, Y-East.
1: So there's a lot that they tinker with, that they bring around to um, different trade shows and stuff like that that never actually are available for sale. And these are three that they dropped off to us, and they said at least one of them will probably be on their next batch of seasonals. Um there are two IPA yeasts, or we'll say hop focused West Coast style uh, ale yeasts. And then one uh, Indian Pale, the Mount Helena's, is a lager yeast, mm-hmm. kind of neutral with a lower attenuation, meant to uh, match well with uh, Indian Pale lagers. So I think this week we'll have to brew the recipe of the week with one of those and give it a try. And so if you guys want to give it a try, come on in.
0: All right, experimental why yeast strains? West Coast. I know a lot of people when it comes to IPAs, it's like uh, it's not quite like the '90s rap battles, East Coast West Coast. But I mean, a lot of it people love West Coast IPAs. There's, yeah, a distinct, there's a distinct difference to the the ones that are from out there.
1: Yeah, and, and they're distinctly American IPAs. They're heavily, heavily hopped, whereas the East Coast IPAs, you tend to see a little more balance in there, but they're heavily hopped, and they're very... You know, citrusy usually hops. And when we were talking about the difference of like, you know, resiny bite in the bittering hops versus, you know, nice like floral and citrus aromas in the finish, these ones tend to have all of those great, you know, finish aromas. And so they tend to attract a wider crowd. Some fruit beer lovers will drink fruit beers and West Coast IPAs because although it's really a drastically different beer in the making, the kind of flavor and the balance in the end is very similar.
0: We'll get to our question of the week when we return. Mike writing in about pellet hops versus grown hops, drying and storing hops as well. So we've got lots to get to uh, still as we continue here on ESPN 1520. If at any point you join us late, uh, we archive the shows on WGR550.com. And uh, in that archive, you can catch just about uh, all, all the shows. We archive so They're all there. So back with our question of the week and our recipe of the week when we continue here on Niagara Traditions, Just Brew It. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Home Brew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. All right, back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It. Open today. Closed next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, July 4th. Independence Day is Saturday, so closed on Saturday and closed as usual yeah. on Sunday. Jeremy if you White, plan to
1: you know, celebrate your independence by brewing like the forefathers did, get in this week, get your supplies, and be ready for Saturday.
0: Very good. All right, our question of the week. You can always uh, email us. You can go right to the website and submit a question, uh, nthomebrew.com, or tweet us. And Mike writes in, the difference between pellet and grown hops. How much grown hops should you use compared to pellet hops?
1: Gotcha. This is a very common question, usually coming up in a couple of months here, um, because homebrewers brewers um, are used to kind of the standard pelletized form of hops. Now, when you pelletize hops, you both increase their surface areas, break open the lupin gans, as well as um, then when you actually – pelletize them and press them you kind of keep them better stable for storage and, and less exposure to oxygen and uv and all that you know bad stuff for your hops
0: you think pellet hops have more surface area
1: they have more surface area once they break up they have uh, a lot more surface area because they've been ground up into right. basically, the basically food. Is... you got it okay. yeah so when you're switching over from you know pellet hops, which you're getting this very high extraction out of them, you're not going to get that out of both leaf hops and your homegrown or what we call sometimes wet hop or green hop. Um, the leaf hops to pellet hops conversion is very simple. That's a 10%. So if you're using one ounce of pellet hops and you're trying to use a dried, you know, uh, freeze-dried or home-dried version of the hop in leaf, you want to use 1.1 ounces. So that one's really simple. If you're drying them, you know, you're taking them, you're putting them on a window screen or putting them in a dehydrator, usually not running the dehydrator, but just keeping them in there overnight, um, packaging them and freezing them. It's 1.1. So you're using a little bit more than you normally would. That Said when I package my homegrown hops, I usually package them in 1.1 ounce instead of one ounce packages. So it's easy for me. I just grab one ounce of the homegrown, throw it in there, and that's the equivalent. Now there's one more, you know, usage of the hops, and this is something that we don't see as much on the East Coast in our commercial beers um, that they do in the fall a lot in the West Coast, which is wet hop beers. Now, wet hop beers, the hops have not been dried. And now this is a favorite way of homebrewers brewers use their homegrown hops, because we don't sell wet hops and we never will they just they won't transport i mean these are something where you're taking the hops right off the you know vine putting them maybe into the refrigerator sealing them for like a week or two and then at most and then putting them right into your beer now there's a big difference partially due to the uh the water weight of the hops so instead of the simple one to 1.1 you're looking at a ratio of one to anywhere to four to six ounces so you're taking six ounces of your homegrown hops to place one ounce of leaf hops in, like, say, the end of the boil or the, the bittering. Um, now, I really suggest home brewers make these beers. One, if you grow hops, you have more hops than you know what to do with. And so this is a great excuse to get rid of, you know, 15 ounces of hops in one beer. And now that might sound quite intimidating and overpowering, but the hops used in the wet hop fashion tend to give a less of a razor-sharp bitterness to the beer and tend to have more of an earthy versus the fresh-cut grass flavor that you see in, you know, dried hops. So they're very nice, they're very subtle, and they're very, very smooth. And I recommend anybody growing their own hops, give them a try. All
0: right. I'm just thinking about the... the... Because 15 ounces sounds... I that's mean,
1: it's, a, it's a lot, and it sounds really yeah. intimidating. And normally we tell folks, oh, well, if you're interested in trying this style of beer, go out and buy one. But in this case, you really can't. Yeah. One, we don't... A couple of years ago, they said that 75% of all American hops were grown in Yakima Valley, Washington. And so really, um, these wet hop beers were something that only West Coast brewers had a chance to make. Um, but now we're seeing a lot more hops grown in western New York and we kind of have been a traditionally a hop growing region and now as you see these hops getting grown here in the fall you're going to see more wet hop beers available so take a look around this fall and you'll probably see a few hitting the supermarket shelves
0: for storing hops for if you want to do you know you said a couple days in the fridge yeah I most? try to
1: I mean generally ideally I make my wet hop beer the day I'm harvesting my hops so as I'm taking the hops down. Um, A lot of hops go right from the vine. No rinse, no dry, no freezer period, right into the boil. And you're going to want to use a bagger or spider. Um, A screen will just get clogged pretty fast. Um, A bunch, 15 ounces of leaf hops will clog up your You know ball valves. So you're going to need a bag and you might want to rig it into a spider, which is kind of a way to hang a bag into your brew pot and Mm. keep the top end open. So you can keep adding hops as you go along. But ideally the day you harvest, you want to do it. Now, will they keep for longer periods of time in the freezer than that? Yes. And we've had customers say that they've kept them into the winter to make a wet hop beer, but they're not going to keep as well as... um, you know a dry hop, and you're going to begin to lose some of those. That, you know they will dry out in the freezer um, as the kind of humidity is pulled out of the hop and into the bag um, just from the chill. You're going to lose some of that fresh hop flavor, and so this is something you want to try to do almost immediately.
0: All right, on to our Thanks, Mike. By the way, for the question of the week, and again, you can submit yours uh, via the website nthomebrew.com or at NT Just Brew It. That's our uh, Twitter handle. So send your questions, and uh, we'll get to your question of the week. And if we pick it, then uh, you get your question answered. So congratulations, obviously. Yeah. Um. All right. So recipe of the week. You gave me one of your home brews last week. You called it your juicy IPA. Juicy IPA. And it was fantastic. Like, you know, there are a lot of different things that you can say about a beer. I think a really good measure is you take the first sip and you think, oh, man, I, this is great. Yeah. Like, sometimes you kind of warm up to one, and I don't know what it was about yours. It wasn't um,
1: – It had more of those softer flavors that we're talking yeah. about. Um, now, it wasn't a wet hop beer. Um, it was all purchase hops from the store. Um, but they tended to be ones that uh, – and, and I guess I should explain the, the juicy too. Yeah, I was going to ask, why did you title it that? I, I tend to title my IPAs off the characteristics – of the hops that are used, the malt and the yeast. Um, so I can't remember off the top of my head, but it would have been juicy IPA. It wasn't a single malt um, IPA. So I don't think I included much about the malt in there. And then there was a number, I think it was 1332 Maybe. after that. Yeah. And that's the Y yeast call number of the, um, the yeast. And so my naming system, it might be, say, Piney if I'm using, like, Columbus Chinook. My naming system, my IPAs, because I make so many, um, really kind of describes the IPA to me at a glance. So in that case, it was hops that tend to have a very juicy finish or very melon-like. So, oh, it's almost like you're well. going
0: like, genus and species here. Yeah. You're naming it for you got it. The, the name actually is the recipe in a way.
1: You got it. So even if I uh, kind of look at my you know, beers really quick and I'm trying to give a beer to somebody and I really want to know I'm getting something or for even me, you're talking about enjoying a beer for the first sip. If I know, you know, I'm having, uh, like a spicy food, I know I'm going to go right to that juicy IPA and I'm going to love it right from the first sip. Um, I can kind of look without going back to my brewing notes and know what these different beers are going to taste like before I even open them up.
0: I think you should make it the recipe of the week. I mean, it's a IPA that people I think would love to drink.
1: Yeah. No, I think we can do that. It's one that we do often in the store. So if you've been coming in, you've definitely had some variation of this IPA and we have a similar beer in the anniversary IPA for a box kit, but I'll put the recipe for the one that I just made on the website and that can be our recipe of the week.
0: A good summer beer for the entire month of July as we get closer and closer to the month of July. When it comes to mixing and matching, how many I don't know, do you find that different hops work better with different malts? Like, are there pairings that you that You, you have can found... squeak
1: them around, but there's some definite really good pairings. In the case of that Juicy IPA, it has um, Belgian aromatic malt in it, as well as some light toasted malts, which give a very almost honey-like flavor to the beer. So you have these citrusy, soft kind of melony hops, as well as some kind of honey in the background. Um, yeah, it comes off really well. Now, that doesn't mean you can't mix it up and you can't make it work, um, and we've done that definitely a lot in some of our box kits to kind of make certain styles work and still have the crowd pleaser, like kind of similar to the commercial version that a lot of people are uh, drinking, but a lot of times it's, you know, it's, it's obvious, like the black IPA, piney, earthy, you know, almost like dirty, and I say that in the most, you know, flavorable way possible, but... Hops are going to our black IPA if you look at like the uh, giant ale it tends to have more floral hops to kind of match the English malts that go into there. Um, but definitely you can kind of match certain hops better with certain base malts than you do others and you know some base beers and so we did a smash IPA recipe. That one, you know you can just put about any hop in there. It's going to completely change the profile of a beer, but that malt bill will, back you up and kind of be fairly neutral to let the hops come through on their own
0: kind of like some are like go together like chocolate and peanut butter i mean you know it's just like they just whatever it is that about them they work together
1: yeah and certain hops do that too and so that's why i try to keep with my certain ipas like the juicy i kept it to the melon hops i didn't throw any chinook or columbus in there didn't put in lots of uh citra or anything that has like an intense grapefruit and i wanted to keep it kind of soft and mellow and so that with German Nugget, I think, was one yeah. of the finishers, as well as Simcoe, has a very you know soft. Some people get a little bit of onion out of it, but mm. you know it, a lot of people find it really melony and
0: right. juicy. The Melon Hops would seem to me to be a, a pretty solid go-to for summer, really more than any other time of year.
1: Oh yeah, and there, there's uh, a couple of new ones out there as well. I think We have Equinox, which is one that is uh, really melony that we've had for a while. The German Nugget has always, I think, been a very overlooked hop on the uh, brewing scene, except you have Trogues, which has done its, you know, single hop nugget and nectar, which is really popular. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for a beer that kind of capsizes that, like, you know, melon characteristic, go ahead and try that one. And the other one is the uh, Flying Bisons. And and actually, the reason I brewed um, that juicy IPA is because we had Colin Herzog on here you know, a couple of months ago now. Yeah. So it kind of shows you the turnaround and kind of, you know, tasting to planning to brewing to serving to tasting to serving to your friends to because you, yeah, <laughs> um, to recipe of the week. Um, You know, they were brewing the day I was in there talking to him down by the river and uh, really enjoyed it. I've consumed several four packs since um, until the juicy IPA, you know, got bottled and finished. So
0: and which one's that from Flying Bison? Down by the river. Down by the river. Gotcha. Okay. I, w- I thought you said you actually met them down by the river, but...
1: Well, in yeah, their yeah. new location, kind of did. Yeah, I mean, down close. by the harbor, you yeah. know, but... Yeah.
0: Very good. All right. Well, recipe of the week. Check it out. It's uh, Burt's Own Juicy IPA, which I can uh, vouch for. It was fantastic. I had a ice-cold one on a kayak out in the middle of a lake, and that's like... It's the best place to have I'm it. I'm telling you. It's just... It, it was fantastic. It hit the spot. All right. So, again, reminder. Uh, new hop candies in stock. Open today, not open next Saturday on July 4th. Closed on July 4th weekend. So, uh, you know, if you're going to get some brewing supplies, today's a good de- as good a day as uh, as any. So, get to Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies located on Sheridan Drive, right uh, near the sh- corner of Military. Th- I always ask 1369, 1269, 1296, 1296. I knew the numbers were in there. It's you know, it's it's Sheridan Drive. You, you know, if you usually listening- have it off the tip of the tongue, I'm was, always impressed. I was going to say. If you're listening to the show, chances are you do know where it is, right? I mean, you're you're a yeah. home brewer, If you've been so.
1: brewing in Buffalo or just have been a beer enthusiast in Buffalo, yeah. you've probably been through the shop at least once. But come on back in. There's always changes. We're always trying to find new stuff, change up what beer we have on tap. And, and is that to... Lambic
0: available for people that wanted to try it, or when will that be, do you think?
1: Um, well, we just talked about the, the progression of a recipe of the week. This one we'll say we'll give a little bit longer because it's going to ferment for a while as well as we're going to kind of try the you know two different batches and and possibly even blend them so this might be one to look for in the far future to give you an idea i have a lambic that i've been uh enjoying this summer a framboise a raspberry made with like local raspberries and actually the culture cultured off of Mm. local raspberries you know that we handpicked um and that's been uh, in the brewing aging process for about three
0: years. If you've got, three, and it's really just hitting its yeah. prime. You mm-hmm. could kind of like have like a frozen yogurt machine, like flavor A, flavor B, and then the middle one would be the blend of the two. There you go. Million dollar idea. I'm just you know, yeah. I'm thinking outside the box. All right. Burp, thanks very much. Thank uh, you. Get to Niagara Tradition today. Get your supplies. Have a good Fourth of July. We'll be on the air, but we won't be uh, in the store. This is Niagara Tradition. Just brew it. Reminding you to go brew, brew. yourself. Beer, beer, beer,
1: beer, beer, beer. Beer, 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 beer.
0: You've been listening to Just Brew It Brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew Whether you're a seasoned brewer Or just want to get started Visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda Or online at nthomebrew.com And be sure to tune in next week For another episode of Just Brew It